0: May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God, our Father, through his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I like barns. I really like barns. I'm going to tell you a few of those that I remember from childhood and more recently. Uh, First, there's playing, building tunnels with hay bales in Uncle Reynolds' farm in his barn uh, near Reedland, Iowa. Then there's playing in the aromatic wood chips. This is something they did up in Canada at Kellard Witt's farm near Pembroke, Ontario. And when I was a few years older... There was uh, the hay baling process using the ancient hay fork at Uncle Bob's farm near Ankeny, Iowa, and the elevator at Charlie Soames Farm in central Michigan. There's also that classic barn raising scene from the movie Witness, the 1985 movie, and two wedding receptions for two of my nieces in their father's family farm, more than 100 years old, the barn itself, the barn itself there near Cheney, Kansas. And finally, I'll recall this grand red round round barn northeast of Oklahoma City that my brothers and I visited last year on our Route 66 adventure. I really like barns. But there's a problem with barns in today's gospel. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts to ponder God's word from Luke 12 and Colossians 3 and Ecclesiastes 1 and 2 to discover both law and gospel in abundance and treasure and riches. People God dearly loves. Jesus is always ready to teach. He's always ready to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. That's what happens in the portion of Luke 12, which is today's appointed gospel reading. A man in the crowd shouts to Rabbi Jesus. Rabbi does mean teacher. Tell my brother, he demands Order him to divide the family inheritance with me. Jesus declines, saying to the man, I'm not a judge or an arbitrator. That's not my role. But then Jesus says to them, not just to the man, to them, to all of the curious crowd, take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of covetousness. Why? Because life is not defined by how much you possess. After this, Jesus tells a short and pointed parable. A rich man had a farm with rich soil. The crops were plentiful. So the man wonders, what shall I do? My grain bins and barns are full and I need more space to store my crops. And as he thinks aloud, this rich farmer concludes, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my puny barns and build larger barns, then I'll have room for all my grain and all of my produce. And after that project is accomplished, I'll be able to take it easy. I'll say to my soul, relax, you have plenty, more than enough for the coming years. Eat, drink, be merry. But God has other plans. As the man is imagining his new and bigger barns, perhaps even sketching out the designs on parchment, God speaks to him, You are a fool. You have all these plans, but you'll never see them come to fruition because you're going to die. And all you have prepared will belong to someone else. And Jesus concludes... This is the story of someone who lays up treasure for himself, but is not rich toward God. So what do we confess? What must we confess? Though there isn't a farmer among us, I don't think there is, we talk and dream and plan like that rich fool. We have so much And we want so much more. Our barns are full and we are busy drawing up plans for bigger ones. We're gathering materials. We're hiring a crew to saw the planks and hammer the nails and construct something bigger. It's an interesting coincidence that the mega millions lottery jackpot grew and grew so much. During this past week, as I drove around St. Louis and near St. Louis, I would see the billboards and the number would go up every day until finally on Friday night, five white balls and one golden ball revealed the winning numbers. And some lucky or not so lucky person has claimed the second largest mega millions prize of one point three four billion dollars which will be reduced after taxes to a mere 780 million. What are we building or planning to build or hoping to build or buying lottery tickets in our building? Paul states those same questions in different language in the third chapter of his letter to the Christians in Colossae. The apostle tells them and he tells us, set your minds on things that are above not on things that are on earth. Put to death the old behaviors, and the list is long and strong. Put off the old self, put on the new self. Seek the things that are above. It's easy to say. It's hard, really hard to do, because we are all idolaters. The first commandment states, You shall have no other gods. And Martin Luther answers his own question. What does this mean in this way? We should fear, love and trust in God above all things. That's the language some of us know from his small catechism. But Luther says it more strongly and more clearly in the large catechism, which I just happened to have with me this morning in the book of Concord. What does to have a God mean Answer, a God is that to which we are to look for all good and in which we are to find refuge in all need. Therefore, to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, that is really your God. And then he says, and this is God speaking to us, see to it that you let me alone be your God and never search for another. Yet we do. We search for those small G gods. We not only search for them, we worship them. We find refuge in them. We rely and depend on them. They are the crops we store in our barns. They are the barns themselves. Repentance happens when we read and heed The first two chapters of Ecclesiastes. Solomon nails it. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. All our false and deadly focus on what is here on earth. All our barns. All our abundance. All our treasures. All our riches. All is vanity. It vanishes like the wind. What then? What next? What must happen when we recognize and repent that we have made a mess of it all? My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there is good news for you today. The good news is this Jesus is the builder. Now, I, I know and you know from other scripture that Jesus is the cornerstone, the keystone, the true and strong support for the foundation of prophets and apostles. And the structure of which his redeemed people, you and I and believers in India and Ukraine and around the world are the living stones. But I want you to ponder a different structure today. Jesus is First of all, the demo crew. By his follow me call, he begins to do a new thing. He tears down the lies we cling to. He reveals what we build or try to build on sand, not on solid rock. He calls us to a new reality, to a new relationship. Then Jesus builds, he uses a post and a beam, his own cross, to hold up a blessed barn, his church. He uses a gravestone tossed aside in victory to be the foundation of his promise of life in the face of cruel death. And our Savior's barn is an immense storehouse, Here, our Lord Christ holds all the treasures we will ever need. The treasure of identity when we are named as the father's dear children at the font. The treasure of righteousness when we put on Christ's own and perfect holiness, a baptismal garment that will never wear out. The treasure of forgiveness won by his death at Golgotha for every sinful thought and desire and word and deed. The treasure spoken there every Sunday morning. The treasure tasted here soon in this divine service. This vast barn also has a vast treasure of hope. Hope for our darkest moments. Hope that anchors our souls. Hope that will not disappoint us. And this blessed barn is filled with the treasure of life. Life that is abundant, life that is never-ending, because it has nothing to do with your paycheck, your 401k, the profit you dream of from selling your house at the height of the real estate boom. But it has everything to do with Christ who is all and is in all. Abundance. Treasure. Riches. We long for these, and we are given these in greater ways than the rich fool or this roomful of fools could ever imagine. We are treasured. We are treasured so much that Christ Jesus gave up his riches to make you, to make us rich in his free salvation. For we are blessed with an abundance of of mercy, of grace, of forgiveness, of love, of peace, of joy, of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.